Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name's Chris Lambert, and today we have a story with Chase Crawford. Chase, uh, introduce yourself to everybody. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, Chase Crawford here, uh, actor, producer, overall just a big Kanye West fan, and uh, love what you're doing. Was happy when you asked to have me on. And uh, excited to talk about Kanye West, man. We're all fans of him. <laughs> I, I, one of my favorite moments uh, in Twitter interactions is I saw the uh, tweet that you had of your daughter saying yikes, or doing a <laughs> scream from yikes, and I hit follow on you. And I was like, yeah. oh, it'd be cool to get like Chase on for a story, eh? And I clicked follow and then clicked message within like five seconds of each other and as the message screen popped up you had already responded <laughs> and yeah. i was like that's amazing yeah i think i'd already followed you because i listened to the podcast so um so yeah it, it was uh it was definitely meant to be i mean that video got some legs that's one of my favorite uh, videos just in general of me and my daughter uh you know you kind of take videos like that and they're just good memories in general but then when other people enjoy them it just it's it's cool. She doesn't. I mean, she's three. Um, and and shout out Kanye, man. He put out a a clean version of Yay. So that's uh, <laughs> we we try to listen to that in the car as much as we can. But um, I mean, she loves Kanye from from a year and a half when she could first speak. Uh, we were listening to Life of Pablo, and uh, and and she would, she couldn't say Kanye, but she she would say she thought because she thought I was saying good guy. So she so now she says I want to listen to Good Guy, uh, <laughs> and I don't have the heart to correct her and tell her, tell her about Kanye. But she, I mean, you know, she she I hope that she's going to be a kid of the culture and and love and appreciate what what he does, not just musically, but um, how he is able to communicate emotions and uh, just life stuff through his songs. Yeah, as an artistic role model, it just the soundscape for a, a child has to be like, so cool and the different 
realms that each album gets into but as she as she ages it must it's gonna be fascinating for you because you as somebody that's been a Kanye fan aging into adulthood then having your daughter start this early and watching her develop a hopefully a similar relationship will be kind of cool yeah and that's one of the things I remember with my dad um like so when I was I was probably 10 9 or 10 I had uh found his late registration album in the car and of course I'd heard the song Gold Digger on the radio I was like man Let's listen to the album. And uh, my parents were divorced. So, you know, when he'd come pick us up, it'd be an hour car ride to his house. And that was just like the perfect amount of time, right? We'd listen to the whole album. So then by the time of graduation came out and, and all of that stuff, I had kind of developed my own taste and own liking um, for him to the point where, uh, like, the 808s period, um, like, I, I was going out purchasing those albums, getting my mom to come out and, and uh purchase those albums for me so um so yeah man just being just being raised on that um and just opened my eyes to the world a lot i talk a lot about where i came from i came from a town of ten thousand people um and i always knew that there was something more out there for me but i struggled with it a lot um just because i mean dude being being artistic in a in a in a country town a, a little suburb uh, I'm sure you can imagine not the easiest thing. So, um, just listening to Kanye and, and hear him talk about, you know, what he went through. Obviously, I can't relate to a lot of this stuff, but um, you know, I was raised by my mom. Um, loved the arts, worked my ass off to get where I'm at today, um, and and you know, I can relate a lot to to what he talks about man that's why I, I mean i just have such a great appreciation for what he does um for everyone that listens to his music I, he cares so much about his audience yeah that's uh always one of the things that stands out is kind of seems so motivating to so many people because of how much he talks himself up but how much he tries to empower people that listen to him and try to empower the individual like i did this but it's not just because I'm Kanye West. I am Kanye West, but like you can do this too. Mm-hmm. Like just he he told me that speaking things into existence is not a bad thing. There's a difference between uh, there's a difference between cockiness and being confident in yourself, right? And a lot of people see his confidence as cockiness, um, but you just have to really understand the scope of where he's coming through, from and what he's what he's been through like you think if he would have sat in his house all day and didn't say out loud i'm gonna be the greatest rapper ever or i'm gonna have you know an, an album i'm gonna have every album go platinum right you think if he wouldn't have said that out loud that he wouldn't have been more motivated every day because i say stuff out loud right i say man by 30 i want to selectively retire you know what i'm saying that gives me eight years to do some more projects and then not be pressed to have to take work that I don't love anymore if that makes sense right Mm -hmm. so I say that out loud I speak it into existence and I say that because I believe in myself I'm not saying that because I'm cocky I don't I I, that's the thing I never want to be rich I like I never want I I think that fame is a a frame of mind I don't mind the following and I don't mind talking to people who enjoy my work and I'll always appreciate them and take my time to talk back to them 
because um, I, I think that fame is a frame, frame of mind, but I never did it for that. I just did it because I loved it, right? And that's, you know, you just have to believe in a lot of, um, you know, you have to believe in karma. You have to believe in a lot of things to for all of it to make sense. But I believe that good things come back to people who put good things into this universe. So there's something special that I think happens when you because you can feel something, you can believe something. But when you give the structure of language to it and express it out loud, there's a different power to that, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a good thought or a negative thought. And mm-hmm. if you're repeating those like thing, like almost prophecies of where your life is going to go, it does something to how you think about it, how you view it and the power that you feel that you have. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. And, um, and, you know, I feel like just being raised with that, it opened my eyes to so much, uh, so much more music, um, you know, wasn't really exposed to much other than like Kenny Chesney and that type of stuff growing <laughs> up before I found like Kanye West. I was like, dude, this is like, this is, it just sounds good. I liked it in the beginning because they sound good. And then I continued to like it because of the sound. And then I realized what the words were saying and what, where that was coming from. Right. And then I started to appreciate the, the melodies and everything that he was putting together as far as the beats and the progression of his work. Right. I think, look, I think that he's still getting better. I think that he's still releasing better music than ever before. Same. Right. It's like, you look at Ye, right? Ye, okay, here, we'll start We'll start with Life of Pablo because <laughs> I can go into this big tangent about Please his do. work. You start, you start with Life of Pablo. In my opinion, and anyone can think whatever they want, but this is just my opinion, you take Waves and you put that on a Chris Brown album. That's Chris Brown's best song on that entire album. You take, uh, you know, you take Ultralight Beam and you put that on Chance's album. That's the best song on Chance's album. Right, you're taking all of these crazy hits that would be the best song on those artists' albums because those artists just aren't putting out work that compares to him. But you're taking out all of those hits and you're putting it on a Kanye album. It's hard to say which song is the best on there because they're all they're just they're all Kanye level. Like you know what I'm saying? If that makes like, <laughs> like if that's a if that's a level that you want to put it on, like that's just the level that he's on. Yeah. The- I find it hard to, it's going to sound dumb, but listening to Kanye as much as we've listened to Kanye hasn't made it like, oh, I'm over Kanye. Give me new music. It's like harder to listen to other music because I'm just like, I wish this was doing what Kanye did. I wish this had the soundscape that Kanye had. Like, I Mm -hmm. wish this had the intertextuality and the narrative and the themes that Kanye brings to each song. Like, and it doesn't. And yeah, eh. it's it's definitely, you know, I think that we appreciate it so much. But um, more recently, I've got into the albums that he's been producing as well, like being the lead producer on and, and putting out. Um, and I do have an appreciation for those. But honestly, when I go to play songs or when I go to listen to something, it's very difficult for me to choose anything other than than listening to Kanye. I mean, I'll listen to X. Um, I'll listen to uh, Lil Uzi Vert. I'll listen to, uh, I mean, you know, Juice World's hot right now. 
I don't even know if that's how you say his name, all of these <laughs> like abbreviations and stuff. Um, but then like, I'm like, I'm literally just going through my playlist. I, l- I listen to Childish Gambino and Kendrick Lamar, Travis Scott, but like, I have like this, uh, this little hometown playlist, dude, where I'll just listen to like John Denver and like, you know, uh, who else? Who's is on that one? Zach Brown band where I listen to, you know, a little bit of chicken <laughs> fried. <laughs> um, but that's just like, that's just what I was raised in. But you're right. It is hard to, to veer away from, uh, yay. Once you have an appreciation for them. And, uh, I, I, was it you that said this the other day? Or I think you may have favored my tweet, but I said, man, I think, I think ghost towns like a top three Kanye song of all time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Travis, uh, Travis had tweeted out that he thought it was, uh, an all time, like top five. five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I may have quoted it and said like, I think it's top three or something. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I just thought it in my head, but like you look at that song and you look at the progression and you look how he used the other artist's strengths in that song. And you look at the flow and you look at what he talks about, right? Yep. It's just such a powerful song. It's not talking about what everyone else is, is talking about in music today. And uh, it's talking about things that people actually go through. People actually go through mental anguish and, and, sometimes can't struggle like sometimes they struggle with ways to verbalize that but then they listen to this song and it all just clicks for them right because they realize that someone that they see on the pedestal struggles with the same exact thing it's it's just crazy to me it's really humanizing in that way rather than aggrandizing and not to take away we we end up talking like we end up being very critical of Jay-Z very often, but no, I, um, Jay-Z's so self-aggrandizing and mm-hmm. puts himself up on this level almost all the time to where the first time that he doesn't on 444, everybody like falls over themselves. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's what Kanye does on so many albums, but finds new ways to do it each time as he exposes this other element of himself and discovers this other element of himself and what he's able to do with ghost town in that way Mm -hmm. as you're saying is like crazy do you think um and this is a question for you this is reverse interview i'm about to pull a 180 on you please do you think uh do you think kanye uh do you think watch the throne was jay-z's greatest project because kanye was involved i yes (laughs) i honestly uh, i think i i think so much of Jay-Z's music is unlistenable. And, like, I catch myself singing Jay-Z verses, but only from from, from that album. <laughs> I like, There's a lot of individual Jay-Z tracks that I like. Not a lot of albums that I like, except for Blueprint 3, which was mostly produced by Kanye. Mm-hmm. And then Watch the Throne. And, yeah, that, that ends up being... <laughs> That ends up being it. What do you think about the album lengths? Uh, for Kanye or for Jay? No, for Kanye. For Kanye? Um, the recent, like... Uh, Seven songs. Wyoming. Thing, yeah. yeah, I uh, I like it, though. I tend to be more of a maximalist rather than a minimalist. So like the seven minute tracks or all the, like the five to seven minute tracks on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy just mm-hmm. makes me so happy. And the excess on the life of Pablo, with what is it like 21 tracks? 
Bro, I love that. I love Life of Pablo though. That's my angle on it. I mean, I could do with I could do without the stuff like Silver Surfer, and I think everyone can agree with that. Like, no one wants to hear someone's voicemail, right? Unless it's <laughs> Nicki Minaj, you know, right. right? But it's like you. I mean, you just look at that album. It's full of so many hits, right? Yep. Famous hit, Ultralight Beam hit. I mean, I can't even get down to like I think Facts is my favorite song on that entire album. That was, I know, like, we might talk about going to the show uh, later. I mean, we can talk about it now. But that was the craziest song live. There's such energy (laughs) that he brings to that track. Yeah, but then you have songs that completely switch it up, right? You got Wolves, right? I mean, Wolves could be, yeah, exactly. I mean, you could, uh, just my personal, the, the personal films that I produce, like, I would love to one day have like wolves as that's a soundtrack song man just that eerie choir in the background talking about a character being lost and someone who can't find their way in life and who just keeps getting fucked over like that's just like oh man it's a great (laughs) song dude it's just so it's he just he took so much time with with life of pablo and you can see it because every single song is just it's just great yeah um so for the seven tracks yeah it's uh i like what they deliver in terms of how easy it is just to throw on and listen through and really like dive into what's there rather than trying to piece together the whole of this like 21 track thing like you get these seven songs and there's a lot of depth but you're able to kind of cycle through it and I think there's some sort of power to that. Mm-hmm. And I think it worked well for a lot of these albums that came out, but it also left me just, of course, wanting more and more and more. Yeah. And I think this album flowed, I think Ye flowed a lot better uh, than uh, Life of Pablo. Because Life of Pablo, like, like we were just saying, like it has so many ups, downs, uh, like hype songs, and then like followed up by really calm songs or like you get like fade which is like fade to me feels like some type of like english club jam it's like boom <laughs> boom boop. like you get that really nice baseline on it and it's like this feels really nice but like on yay i feel like just because it's so short and um and concise which is just another word for short i don't know why i just said that but <laughs> uh i feel like the songs flow better i do what do you think about this whole, uh, I, do, do you think as well that he made a completely different album, like, to release? I, so, we actually talked with somebody that was on the audio engineering team, and he had said that sonically, he had heard the first version, and that sonically it was different, but the the intent of the album and the themes of the album were always what they were. Mm-hmm. So some of like some of the soundscape changed and some of the specific lyrics changed as he was relating it to events that happened in the yeah. last month. But that Kanye had always been wanting to make an album that was about understanding the self, reclaiming the self from the ego and from fame and from that public perception. Kind of how he talked about in the Charlemagne interview. 
mm-hmm. where he said that he had been so worried about everything outside he had lost his confidence and he just had to get his confidence back and part of that was letting the ego die and reclaiming just who he was so i think those concepts and ideas were always present and we see a lot of that going on in kids see ghosts as well which was in production for a year and mm-hmm. had been working on so i don't think I don't think the intention changed that Kanye just had some like summer banger album and was like, Oh no, now I'm going to talk about deep shit. Like, no, I don't think, yeah, exactly. I don't think it was a, I don't, I don't think it was ever a summer banger album. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that. The shit that doesn't matter. We'll leave that to Drake. Um, <laughs> that's, bro, that's the thing that bothers me a lot too. I feel like a lot of people our age, don't understand the differences between Drake and Kanye. And then they try to compare the two. Right. Yeah. And, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, it's aiming for two different things. Mm-hmm. It, it would be like somebody, uh, it makes me think somebody being like, well, you know, there will be blood. Doesn't have enough action. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's doing something completely different than like a mission impossible movie. You can't judge it by, the criteria of that you can't try to say that like i I don't it gets frustrating i think kanye is a visionary and an artist and i think aubrey graham is just a a puppet (laughs) i think that he's a i think that he's a label puppet i mean he he makes commercial hits yeah exactly but yeah it doesn't bother me at all. He's getting his money and he's doing what he wants to do. I'm just saying it's hard to compare Kanye with, with uh, Drake. Yeah, because um, they Drake. just they don't they they make music, but it's not even the same. A completely different aims in what they're what they're going for. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's the thing, like, people wanted Views to be this, like, big opus, especially following, uh, what was it, Yeezus and uh, To Pimp a Butterfly, you're hoping, like, oh, is Drake going to do, like, his big album now? And it was just more the same Drake. And then with Scorpion, it's like, okay, we've gotten now Yeezus, The Life of Pablo... Uh, yay to pimp a butterfly damn like there's this momentum for these artists to put out like these bigger concept albums in mm-hmm. hip-hop like is drake finally gonna do a scorpion it's like, eh. yeah <laughs> i'm not a big fan of skits but i do think that they were well done on damn like they were really well done on damn yeah i uh i mean I, they weren't necessarily skits they were incorporated into songs I, you can call it whatever you want but, right just those kinds of asides or stories yeah yeah that that uh <laughs> i so i saw i went to the damn tour live um and it was it was pretty good 
Um, I'm trying to think of any specific one moment that stood out. Did you go see that tour or no? No, I, uh, I haven't gotten to see Kendrick in concert yet. You know, I was going to get to see him during the Yeezus tour, but my show got canceled. So Dude, you have a, you have a strong pass of Kanye shows getting canceled don't you. Yeah. Um, with the Yeezus one and then I tore in Pablo tore knee ligament. I made it to St. Pablo, which was oh, okay. a relief. Let's but, talk about St. Pablo. Yeah. What, uh, what show did you get to go to? I went to the one in Columbus. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Where did you go? Uh, Austin here in Austin. Okay. So I think after the show, I posted that the St. Pablo tour is like a living, moving, breathing musical art installment. Like it's, it's well thought out. It was highly planned. There were some significant things that we can talk about that happened during the show with the stage movement um, that I thought was crazy. And we can compare shows too, because I'm not even sure it happened the same uh, in every city. Because I know the night before when he was in Nashville, he had sang famous like five or six times in a row, right? <laughs> Just like a, a kind of tongue-in-cheek Kanye move to Taylor Swift. Um, but yeah, and like straight balled out on the merch table. I walked up. I felt like the biggest ball of the day. I said, one of everything in a medium. Boom. <laughs> and my wife, dude, my wife probably had a stroke. But uh, but yeah, I got that that good Kanye merch now. <laughs> you can just go like seven <laughs> days a week, Kanye gear all around yeah. town. I think I wore out the pits in that uh in that lime green and red uh saint pablo shirt that's how much i wore it uh it's such a like it's just such a classic closet piece man you gotta you gotta have some yay merch if you're a yay fan right yeah you absolutely that's what with the latest album releases i missed out on the merch table because we got to uh my fiance and i got to the show like closer to the start time because i knew that Mm -hmm. kanye was typically like coming on stage like 45 minutes or an hour after uh yeah, the start time. Yeah. ticket time. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got there a little bit later and the merch lines were just so fucking long. I was like, "Oh, I'll get something later." And just got to the scene and wanted like to, that. Yeah, never. Should have just waited, but I was so excited just to stand there and be like, "When are the lights going to dim? When are the lights going to dim?" Yeah. Did you uh did they not have the merch stands outside when you went? Uh, or were, were the ones outside just really long too? From what I remember, the ones outside were just really long because it was right at University of Texas. Yeah. So I think it was just overloaded with UT students also just. I gotcha. Bunch of high beast on there. Yeah. It's all um, good. Did you go? Did you go pit or did you get seats? I went pit, man. Nice. I uh, I was in seats. Too many knee surgeries. I was like, I can't yeah. risk it. <laughs> Dude, I saw some kid wearing Yeezys down there, and I was like, bro, you are. I w- so I wore, like, military boots, dog. I was going ham in the pit the whole time. And, like, there were some, uh, like, okay, so in Jesus Walks, right? Did you notice how the stage moved from one side of the arena to the other on uh elevated angle right so like the stage is normally uh, flat right and then it went 
like 90 degrees and he stood on the top of it and just looked forward and when the stage moved all of the people followed the stage because they wanted to be under the stage right that's symbolism to me dude yeah that's really cool you i know what i'm saying yeah like, that's the stuff that i noticed in the show i that i was experiencing and i was like this is like crazy symbolism and it's so subtle but you talk about like jesus walks and then you have like everybody walking following kanye that's amazing yeah it's when uh did he do i love kanye he did do i love kanye did he like lay down on the stage and look down at someone and like point at them and wrap it back and forth to them? I don't think he laid down at my show. He laid down on the show, laid down on the stage, and this one kid, his friends put him up on their shoulders, and he w- they were like in each other's face wrapping it. <laughs> it was, dude, it was crazy. And then after that, he like threw the towel, his towel off the side of it, and some kid caught it, and like he was under the stage, like crying. Dude, it was crazy. It was, dude, it was literally like the Pope. And the, <laughs> uh, the, it uh, was, uh, let's see. My Waves t- was pretty good. Sorry, you go for it. Oh, I was going to say my f- two favorite moments. One, I was in seats that were like, I don't know, maybe 10 feet off of the floor level, just on that slant, but mm-hmm. like close to the floor. And when Kanye, it was in like the back corner of the of the court so when kanye uh was on the stage and it was doing kind of the the square around the floor portion Mm -hmm. there was one portion where the stage had reached the far end and started coming towards us Mm. so as kanye was like rapping he was just facing us floating towards us that's crazy it was yeah he was like almost not quite level with us but like closer and because we were like right where the stage had to kind of go over people we just got to make like direct eye contact with kanye as he's kind of looking into the crowd and doing things and it almost felt like he was rapping at me but the closest thing to feeling like i was on acid that i've ever been on because it's like (laughs) kanye's slow-mo coming towards me in the air (laughs) yeah um so that part was really like fantastic to me and then just the visual of the orange lights and the other lights and all the cell phone cameras and like flashes going off it really felt galactic in a way mm-hmm. like you're in space time and did he sing uh did he sing pop style at your show he did did he do that part yeah Back to back. That, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That part and then Facts. Those two songs in the pit went the hardest. Because, <laughs> like, Ye was jumping on the stage, right? And, like, I was under the stage, like, in the mosh, like, straight under the stage. And, like, when he would jump, the stage would get closer and, like, closer to us. Um, I just looked up on my bookshelf, and there's a book called The Cultural Impact of Kanye West. I don't even know when I got that. I probably never read it. but i have it i'm gonna read it it's crazy have you read that i have not you know this was a book i let's check this thing out don't think i have uh by julius bailey you know this cat nope i should it was uh released by 
Palgrave Macmillan. Oh no, I've seen that. I've seen that cover before. This is a book that's been in my Amazon shopping cart for a while, but I yeah. haven't pulled the trigger on. It'd... Yeah, I'll I'll read it and let you know. We can have a book club. We could do a <laughs> week by week, chapter by chapter discussion of this book. Right. Actually, you should probably do it with the the uh, author, or whatever, whoever put this book together. Like Julius, just come on the show. Yeah. Guide us you, through. You would probably enjoy that. This book's what a couple years old now. He should release so. an updated version. When did this come out? Two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's missing so much. Yeah. There's a typo on the first page. Same thing happened in my novel. I'm like I finally have a novel, and I open it up, and there's a typo on the first page, and I'm like, son of a bitch. Wait, hold on. Did he mean to do it like this? It may have not been a typo. I don't want to dog this guy's book. Each chapter. Okay. So the first and second chapters both have typos under the author author's name. It's like the first letter of their last name gets merged into the last letter of their first name, but whatever. I don't care that much. <laughs> I'll still read it. I already own it. Oh, Wittenberg. He's from Wittenberg, dude. You know, Wittenberg. I don't Ohio? know Wittenberg. No. Witten- Wittenberg's like near Dayton. He went to university. He's an associate professor at Wittenberg university. Huh? Next time I'm in Ohio. I just need yeah, to drive dude. down and be like Julius. Yeah, dude, we can all we can all hang out and grab yeah. coffee or whatever. Big meetup in Wittenberg, Ohio. Yeah, man. Shout out Wittenberg. <laughs> what? So when um when do you think Kanye will, will tour with this album? I hope he will, but mm-hmm. I also wonder if after all the stress from the last tour if he's trying to rethink what tour should be or some like next level kanye thinking in that way or if he's just going to be like you know i've i've mastered tours mm-hmm. um i'm just going to focus on the architecture the design the clothing yeezy's you know 1.5 billion dollar valued company i need to do shit with that yeah. I, don't, I don't know if he necessarily has the the same bandwidth that he had after Pablo came out. I think it would be cool if he did like and this is out there. What if he did campfire shows in like 30 cities for like 2 200 300 people? That'd be amazing. Show, right? Like you can pat them down, you can make sure nothing's on some weird shit. And you can and it's just a very intimate thing with Kanye. I just imagine them building like what a what are the things that hunters are in in trees like the tree <laughs> platforms <laughs> they just go yeah. out into like woods at different cities and build like a huge tree platform stage and people just uh-huh. go out to the woods I'd love to see them do festivals again like I don't know I feel like what what was it Bonnaroo that didn't go well yeah. I feel like there was one that didn't go well yeah that was and, the like, one that- where he came out at like four in the morning yeah i'd love to see him do festivals again because i think that that would get more mainstream attention to his music not that i'm saying that he needs it or wants it um but like the other day when i heard yikes on the radio i for like i literally thought that it was just playing off my iphone because that's how long it's been since i heard <laughs> a new kanye west song on the radio right yeah um i mean unless you listen to like sirius xm and all of that stuff i look i, I ain't got sirius xm money bro <laughs> no who who has just serious xm time 
you know? Uh, I know a lot of people who swear by it. Um, but yeah, dude, it's just expensive. Yeah. For what it is, it's expensive. You you have so many outlets that you can uh, that you can get entertainment from. You have podcasts. You have music. I mean, you can you can literally get access to every song ever made for ten dollars a month. Yeah, and just plug <laughs> your phone in and be like, look. <laughs> Uh, I'm a DJ. Literally every song ever made. Isn't that wild? That that's one of the things that's wild to me that I think we all underappreciate is like the, our access to uh, music and film and everything is is so easy today. I think about that in terms of like Kanye's legacy and what it's going to mean for Kanye over the next like 10, 20, 30, 50 years. Like there was just an article yesterday that noted uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy just crossed a billion streams on Spotify. Uh-huh. And it sounds like a huge number, but Drake's Scorpion is the first album to do a billion in a week. So I mm-hmm. guess it's not too uncommon, but if we were still in the age where it was only CDs or radio, yeah, how many people in younger generations would still get to like listen to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy as kind of this gateway drug into Kanye versus having all the streaming available and what it means that people are just going to have Kanye's discography right there to listen to all the time? 100%. I think that even if you look at his sales numbers, right? you see a decrease in album, hard albums sold, obviously, because people have moved to streaming. Um, and I think it's easy to look at the numbers and be like, oh, man, less people are listening to Kanye than ever. But I 100% disagree. I just don't think that the... I don't think the RIAA... Uh, I think that that's the company who does the certifications, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that they've updated their streaming numbers to properly reflect like the amount of streams you need to have to go platinum. Like I th- they've updated them obviously, but I just don't think that they're still I still just don't think that they're there yet. Right, they're um, as fine-tuned as they need to be or Yeah, exactly. Cuz I mean like this is this is going to sound really random, but like uh like Pat Benatar, right? Yeah. You know Pat Benatar? Yeah. She has like a couple of multi-platinum records. Pat Benatar, right? And I don't think she's ever had a number one single. Ever. Which is pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. Almost every one of her, she had four or five albums. She had one go four times platinum. Kanye hasn't had an album go four times platinum, right? But it's just like, she never had a number one single. Kanye's had multiple number one singles. He's outstreamed her ten times over. I'm sure. How does he not have a five time platinum? Like you do? You, do you see what I'm getting yeah, at? Yeah, like that. I just don't. Yeah, I just don't think they've translated the numbers to be as accurate as they should have been. But that's just accolades and stuff. He doesn't care about that. <laughs> I, I personally don't even care about that. I just think that it's broken and it doesn't make sense. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, and the longevity of the music, is it going to come down to platinum this or platinum that? Just accessibility and the fact that it's so fucking good is going to be what makes the difference. Um, Do you, uh, so you and your dad were listening to Late Registration 
on those trips. Do you remember when you first heard College Dropout? So I actually, I heard College Dropout probably around when I was 14 or 15 and had the access to like go out and buy my own music then. So I actually didn't hear older Kanye stuff until probably about the time that I heard uh, uh, like Dark Twisted uh, Fantasy, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. What uh, Did the first time you hear Last Call blow your mind or was there a moment where you heard it again? You're just like, oh, shit, <laughs> this is like everything that I want. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that the taste progresses, right? Kanye, he gives you a little bit and keeps you wanting more. And then his next album, I think that you can see this progression with each album. But I think that the reason I like uh, Ye so much is because the progressions sound so much like his older albums, right? Um, I know you are. Isn't Last Call like your favorite Kanye song of all time? Uh, it's it's up there. It's one of the ones that I love a lot but when i do my top like 10 it ends up falling out it's so hard it that's the thing it's so hard like if you would have asked me last year what's your favorite kanye song i i i I don't know what i would have said i might have said facts one day i may have said ultralight beam another day because of the way like he takes kirk franklin a christian artist right he puts him together with chance the rapper someone who has no clout no one he doesn't have a platform yet he and then he combines it all together uh, to make this this beautiful song, and honestly, I think Chance had the best verse of last year, and it wasn't even on his own song, <laughs> or two years ago when that came out, right? Right. So it's like I don't know, and, and then like now that the new album's out, it's like man, some days I would say Ghost Town, some days I would say Yikes, and then other days I just think the way I think that the buildup about. I thought about killing you. I think that there's something beautiful to that. Yeah, that's uh, that's currently setting up my number one, just because how that song progresses and how it has those kind of three stages mm-hmm. of development, and that it starts in this very philosophical place and ends in this very like manic, uh, ego, emo place. It's, yeah, exactly. God. It's 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 like a it's uh you know you you you're exactly right you start out with like kind of this stuff like spoken word like him like trying to fight his inner demons right he's having essentially a conversation with himself and then that drop just comes out of nowhere <laughs> and it's like oh oh i can get down with this so yeah 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 shit's just uh shit's crazy <laughs> so are uh, you uh are you guys this is a probably personal question i don't know if you've talked about it specifically but like are you on the kanye radar like obviously you probably are i like, hope we are i just we, don't uh, know if anyone's ever like reached out to you and said anything about it from his camp no we haven't heard anything from anybody from his team the i know that we've kind of been close at times mm-hmm. um like i interviewed a, a writer for uh the place red fez where i'm editor in chief of this literary journal and she was actually friends with kim kardashian's cousin 
Okay. So she had emailed the cousin the iTunes URL for our show, and mm-hmm. the cousin said that she emailed it to Kim. So there's that, and then we know that Rhyme, not Rhymefest, um, Malik Youssef knows that the show exists and has been told about the show. So maybe he's told Kanye about it. Um, an art gallery that was doing like a private showing of the famous wax fi- wax figures in the bed uh-huh. uh, invited us to be part of the opening night's private showing where the like Kim was. Oh, dumb. And they told us like four hours before. <laughs> so we didn't get to go. Um, was it a New York or LA thing? LA thing. Gotcha. And I'm in Texas and Travis is in Minnesota. So by the yeah. time I was looking up flights, I was like, I'd get there at like 11. Yeah. Um, maybe the person that was running the gallery, who was the one that had reached out to us, had told Kim. So there's been like a few times where we've been in orbits, but I don't know if uh, Kanye himself has been told that we're a thing. Yeah. I think I think that he's so in touch with the culture that he knows because like, bro, he knows about Adam 22, right? Like, he knows about all of those cats that are just talking about the culture and care about the culture. So he's got, I mean, he's got to know. I hope so. I'm going, I'm actually going to L.A. tomorrow. Okay. And, uh, like, I'm flying into Burbank, and I'm just renting a car and driving over to Calabasas and going to kind of, like, drive around looking for the Yeezy headquarters. Oh, my God. You're going to be that guy. (laughs) I'm sure you can find the Yeezy headquarters relatively easy. What you should do, and here's a here's an idea for you, because this is like where my mind is always at in terms of like, bro, I love marketing. I love that. That's actually, I'll tell the story about me in school in a little bit. But um, what you should do really quick, if you have the time today, is you should print out some posters for your show and hang them up in the Calabasas Starbucks because that's where they hang out, right? You should hang them up. Any, any place in Calabasas that has like a pin board, you should like pin up promotions for the show smart word word will get to him if if like you know his assistants even kim and and, um and all the sisters go to that starbucks um that's a really good call yeah that's what i would do um but let's let's talk about college dude did you go to college yeah 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 did you drop out or no i tried like a lot (laughs) and even like my fall of my senior year i decided like now i'm done and i Mm -hmm. stopped going to class for two weeks and i told everybody like hey that's it i'm not coming back when the semester ends um and then my roommates yelled at me for four hours and my mom yelled at me for four hours Uh and that was eight hours of being yelled at where I was like, fine, I'll finish. And I have, and it, it's made absolutely no difference, but I guess uh, it helps to have the degree. Yeah, so um, when I was in high school, I played soccer, but um, same. I was uh, really big into making YouTube videos. That's where I got my start. So a week before my senior year, st- well, okay, I'll start even before that. After my sophomore year of high school, it just wasn't working out. I was getting picked on and, and that type of stuff a lot for what I enjoyed to do. So I went to a vocational school. I don't know if you have a more year, but it's like yeah. 
you can transfer there your last two years of high school and you can learn a, a trade. So they had a media production program that I went to. And uh, I went there. I was still able to play soccer at the school that I transferred away from. Um, but I went there and just spent my days there and took classes and made videos. So then leading into my senior year, the week before I, uh, the week before I started my senior year, I got a call from Taco Bell's marketing team. And they were like, yo, we like the style of your YouTube videos. And like, we see that you're a big fan of us. Like, <laughs> do you want to like come like write direct and act in a commercial, uh, for our new, like Doritos Locos Taco. And I was like, uh, let me ask my mom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a week before my senior year, I did that. It was, it was really cool. Like they put us up in Beverly Hills. I got to like, it was like an actual crew, actual actors. Like I got to work with the funnier diet team. It was really, it really opened my eyes to what was outside of, of Cincinnati and what I grew up around. And it was actually the first time my mom had ever got to travel west of the mississippi so that was like Whoa. a big thing for me like she put all of her time and effort into raising me and just to be able to like show that to her and and um, be able to take her and see new things was really cool for me um so i was decent ish at soccer and uh decent ish at making videos and i ended up graduating school semester early to pursue like the whole video stuff and then um, I was going to go to this uh, school called Columbia to, you know, make videos and play soccer if it all worked out. And um, like a couple weeks before, um, like I ended up going to school, uh, my girlfriend was like, yo, so I'm pregnant. <laughs> uh, so I ended up going to this community college for a year and my major was uh, I think my major there was marketing and then I transferred and my major was for my major for a hot second was geology because <laughs> I was like man I'm gonna be a park ranger I, I have this newfound love for nature and rocks and this is great <laughs> and then um, I transferred schools again and I was a business major and then I ended up quitting with like four classes left to go. And every dude, my wife, my family, but dude, everyone was mad. Yeah. I was like, like just the, the route that my like career and the stuff with acting and producing and uh, just launching my own stuff was going. Like I was just missing out on uh, huge opportunities to make a decent amount of money. Um, and I was like, look, I'll finish when I finish, but just like, let me, let me get this bread real quick. <laughs> Gotta get uh, that money right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wait till I get my money right. Um, so, um, so yeah, I actually took, uh, two online classes this summer without telling anyone. Cause I didn't want, I didn't want to tell everyone that I was I was, you know, going to try to just finish it out just to fin dude, because that's what I hate, dude. I feel like I disappointed everyone just because of their reactions. I hate disappointing people. So I, uh, I re-enrolled in two summer classes. So I passed both of those. 
and nice. uh, then I t- then I told everyone that I took them. <laughs> they're like, "Oh man, are you going back this fall?" I'm like, "No, no, bro." I'm- <laughs> do you see what I'm doing? Like, yeah, I was like, do you- exactly. I was like, I was like, do you like they? Uh, I don't want to sound rude, but they just don't understand the concept of what I do, and um, and like I'm very private about my finances and stuff, and they don't really understand how much money I make doing what I do if that makes sense. Right. Um, because like, here's the thing about me. If you meet me and like, you have no idea who I am, you would never suspect that I'm anyone other than just an like, dude, I wear like, I, first of all, I love thrifting, right? Dude, that's like <laughs> one of my all time favorite hobbies. So most days I'm wearing just like some like really dope nineties, like college shirt and like jeans with holes in them. I just look like any other dude. Like I'm not, I don't know. I just, I, that's why, that's why I said in the beginning of the episode, I think fame is a frame of mind. Like anyone can have a following, but how you treat that following and how you treat people is just indicative of your character. So yeah. just my two cents, but anyways, super off topic now. <laughs> well, that's a, that was another thing that resonated with you with Kanye, right? Like he, he was the college dropout and went on to have the success and you're seeing this path laid out before you that is like well i i can do this this is what people go to school for is to have these opportunities and yeah have these opportunities uh exactly did that just have you connect even further to kanye's music i think so um i think so and like i said man i think he's the greatest artist of any medium of of any time in our history right there have been great artists there have been great musicians there have been great filmmakers there have been great clothing designers, right? But I think Kanye can just so seamlessly jump from one to another, um, and it's hard to it's hard to compare him with anyone. Um, I think the only other person who's uh, close to him that's living right now is Donald Glover. But I just don't think his music is as I just don't think his music is as far and deep and as successful as Kanye's, right? Yeah, whereas whereas he has he has the TV show component he has the acting thing down right he can star in major blockbusters get 20 million at the box office he can do all this great stuff i just think musically like yes he's had some great songs and i really genuinely do appreciate his angle on music and his take on music but he, it's just kanye is a different level than him and i think that he would say the same thing the thing that kanye has that makes me think that is right he built a clothing brand to 1.5 billion dollars we talked about it earlier i i just i can't think of any other <laughs> artist right now who could that's just so much money you know what i'm saying yeah. it's such a huge brand um and i just can't think of any like it's it's just like michael jackson tried to do film right it just didn't it didn't work out well he did some big films but he's not he didn't win oscars you know, I mean, he may have won. Now I'm going to look it up. He may have won Oscar for like a movie score or something, but definitely not for acting. If that makes sense, right? Um, and you know, that's completely unfact checked. So I'm sure I'm going to get be wrong and get roasted. Um, <laughs> Turns out Jackson was a best director, best actor. Yeah, um, but he, no, it says that he purchased an Oscar for 1.5 million dollars from Gone with the Wind. Um, I just fact checked myself on the spot. You're welcome, world. Um, 
the uh, the yeah, it's like I feel I genuinely feel like if Kanye switched up and he wanted to direct a film or a TV show, that he would be able to surround himself with the people who do that best and be able to make something that's just insanely good, right? Yeah, like the famous video is insane with what how it brings in horror elements, the voyeuristic cam, like Mm -hmm. how it takes context from Vincent Desiderio's painting Sleep Mm -hmm. and takes the anonymous figures from that painting and replaces them with famous figures Mm -hmm. and using the roving uh, camera makes the viewer feel this weird uh, transgression of your viewing these sleeping celebrities. And it's not just awkward because you're viewing sleeping people. We know so much about these people that when we see Rihanna in bed next to Chris Brown, there's this reaction of like, oh, but that just, it so perfectly encapsulates the vulnerability that's inherent to that level of fame, that we know all these details of these people's lives and they're all in bed with each other being observed by us. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what they're experiencing. This interruption of their private life by our gaze and he captures that so perfectly fuck and then did you ever see we were once a fairy tale i don't think i did it's the it's like a 10 minute short film that he did with spike jones based off of see you in my nightmare i think that's what it is and to watch it i see it online now it's it's next level like you're gonna watch that and be like this is one of the best short films that i've ever watched mm-hmm. and that's what kanye's bringing to the table like <laughs> yeah and to me like like i said man he just surrounds himself with the right people he knows he just inherently knows what he's doing i you know and the crazy thing like do you know much about spike jones uh just from some of his movies, but not not a lot of biographical details. He like started out shooting like BMX and street skateboarding. <laughs> like, he's done pretty well he, for himself. Yeah, man, he makes these these great films and works with some incredible people now. That's more like my lane. But it's like he went from like shooting like Jackass uh, to doing like Where the Wild Things Are. You know what I'm saying? And like these crazy. I mean, did, I think, didn't he direct the movie, or not movie, but the music video for um, Only One, too? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and I thought that that was, it was, I like the home video touch. I think that that was thought through. I don't think it was just something like on the spot. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so, I don't know. That's just my take <laughs> on it. I think, I think that he also surrounds himself with, he surrounds himself with um, people who are just very smart and understand the bigger picture and the bigger marketing move almost in every in everything. Agreed. 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 Uh, I think we're at the point where we start the final rundown of questions. Okay. Uh, Let's do it. First, favorite Kanye moment. Uh, Houseway. You ain't got the <laughs> answers, bro. I quote that all the time. It's so good. It was... My, I think that that's my favorite. I'm going to regret that as soon as I think of something. Nah, Houseway. Houseway, 100%. It's just amazing. Just to watch it unfold, the build-up to it, like, it happening, the reaction to it, like, ah. Uh. Yeah. Um, 
top three tracks or top five. You're gonna do this to me as yeah. soon as we just talked about how it cha- it fluctuates so often. Yeah. Oh man. Jeez. And you're gonna do it on the spot. If I had some time to think about it and prepare, man, maybe it'd be a much more accurate version of my top three. Um, let's see. I'm going to say, let's do, let's do, I'll just do my five favorite in no order. Okay. Right. Let's do, uh, I like runaway. I know that's probably corny, but I like it. Rare choice. Rare choice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Oh man. <sighs> Uh, is it weird that I like Bound too? I'm looking no. through. I'm looking through like the most played Kanye songs. Bound two. I'll try to. I'll try to pick like the top played Kanye songs from different albums that I listen to. Um, I mean, Ghost Town. Uh, like obviously, Ghost Town. I think <laughs> I've shown that so much love this episode. Uh, we'll go. Let's go. Oh man, this, why is this so hard? This shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> Uh, I'll go facts just because I can get down to that anytime, no matter what mood I'm in. Um, man, you're really putting last me on the spot with this last one. Last one. I don't want to, that's the thing. I don't want to like miss out on one. And then someone's like, oh man, you missed out on this, or missed out on this. Jeez. Uh, All right. Look. Oh man. All right. Two tie tie between the last two, right? Okay, okay. Gonna go ho- gonna go homecoming, featuring Chris Martin. And I'm gonna go Jesus walks. Nice. I can't I can't decide which other two I want. Oh, I know that those are all like stereotypical like Kanye ish songs, but whatever. I feel like it's five though or six that I don't see like listed out together all that often. That's a good that's a good range. It definitely. I think that that pulls from like when I'm feeling like different emotions and different moods i always go straight to x song right right so um i don't know but then like i completely miss out on like the the 808 stuff i completely miss out on uh easy stuff or no i pick bound too uh but like blood on the leaves dude like that's such a great song it is right it has such like hold my like i like hold my liquor right like the (laughs) Kanye, he's got us all twisted up. You know, he only has over 120 songs to choose from that are yeah. all amazing. I like how you had that number. Can we pick our favorite Kanye feature? I, oh, yeah. Well, I don't even know if I can pick that, honestly. Jeez. Yeah, are you ready to? Are you ready to pick that? No, I I like that part a lot. I think that I don't know what your favorite feature is. I like that part a lot. I think I think Watch is catchy, but I think it's just so new. That's why I like it. But I'd say that part's probably one of my favorite Kanye features. Yeah. That part's really good. Uh, American Boy, uh, Hate. Yeah. Um, just because Kanye does a laser sound. That always like cracks me the fuck up. Or, uh, oh, Run This Town. Okay. Um, what are the top three Kanye albums? I mean, I'm sure you can probably guess by like the amount of songs I picked from each album, which ones I like the most. I, I genuinely, th- I, 
right now. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say right now because I feel like feelings change every time something new is released, right? So I'm gonna say right now. Top three are. Um, I'm gonna go. In no specific order, or do you want me to go specific order so I can so you can roast me? Nah, no specific order. All right, we'll go. Life of Pablo. Hell yeah. Late registration, just because all the a lot of memories in that album. Um, and then, man, I'll probably I'll, I'll throw Yay in there right now, because that nice. that's just been my jam. Nice. I'm in a I'm in a similar boat. It goes just reverse chronological for me right now. Like Yay, Life of Pablo, and Jesus are my top three. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I feel like he's releasing better and better music over time. He's getting better. Yes. Do you think Kanye's peaked yet? That's a killer question. No. I know I'm interrupting your question rundown. I I don't think he's I don't think he's peaked yet. I think he's still got more on the table if he wanted to do more and mm-hmm. keep getting like artsy weird i think he always kind of goes uh minimal than maximal like he does mm-hmm. a he does kind of a, a college dropout and then perfects it with late registration and then takes it to the next level with graduation but then you get more minimalism with 808s followed by maximalism with my beautiful dark to Dark Twisted Fantasy, more minimal with Yeezus, mm-hmm. and then more maximal with Life of Pablo. So I think Ye is him, just his next iteration, and that the next thing that he does is going to be huge and awesome, and nope, not a, no peak yet. Yeah, I 100% agree. Oh, man. I can't wait for What's the next, the next one. question. What else you got for me? Yo, it's it's the last one. It's it's okay. your last call. You get. How does in... it feel being the dad of Kanye kid? Great. <laughs> next question. Yeah. <laughs> um, you get an uninterrupted amount of time, the in, infinity, if you want to uh, give your last thoughts. It can be on Kanye. It can be on anything else. And when you're done, that's the end of the show. So this Man. is you uh, last calling us out. This is me going Kanye on a Kanye podcast where I just talk until I'm tired of talking, tired of hearing myself talk. Yeah. Man. Oh, geez. Kanye, I I told you this. I told my wife this. I told a lot of people this, man. If if I ever got the opportunity to work with him on on a collaborative level, man, I would – I would put everything personally to the side. That's just how much I believe in in what he uh, what he does and what he's doing. Uh, I just genuinely feel like he's an artist that won't be fully appreciated until uh, until he's gone. Um, you know, we just kind of we look at life and we look at what we go through and we compare that to to his music. And uh, man, music's just one of those mediums. Right, it it connects with with you on on just a different level than film can, a different level than anything can, because the message for the songs are the same. But you know, when he has hundreds of song, over a hundred songs, uh, you know, the tone of each of those, it's like it's just like a mini message to get you through whatever you're going. Um, man, dude, just remember that. Uh, you know the the 
tour like it was yesterday. Just like a lot of crazy memories have revolved around Kanye. Um, I'm not necessarily mad at anything, so I don't feel like I can go on like a super Kanye tangent, man. I can't go on a on a Beyonce over Taylor tangent. I can't go off on a I can't go off on a Houseway tangent. Um, man, dude, just there's a lot of things to be angry and upset. Uh, angry and upset about in this world but man just remember just remember uh, you know we all got we all got families and there's a lot of things to be happy about that's the thing that I always remember is like at the end of the day man Kanye's a husband and a father too <laughs> and um, and uh, you know I'm sure he he's involved in a lot of the the day to day things and his children's life just from what i can see man picking them up from the daycare being taking his wife out to dinner like just stuff that just stuff that i do that like that's just a, a lot about why i can relate man um kanye if you're listening bro i'd love to see you play fortnite with ninja i think that you would get more dubs with ninja than drake did just because that's the type of guy you are um yeah man appreciate everything that you've done for for music and culture and uh you know me and other people who are fans of yours and uh yeah man put join this guy's podcast one time talk about you know let's have kanye talk about kanye i think that's all i got Are you a hunter or an outdoor enthusiast? Take your love for firearms to the next level with Goat Guns. Our miniatures are an ideal addition to your hunting gear or cabin decor. Each model is meticulously crafted, capturing the essence of legendary firearms. Celebrate your passion for the outdoors by displaying these stunning pieces. With Goat Guns, you can showcase your love for hunting and firearms in a unique and artistic way. Explore our collection now and embrace your outdoor spirit at GoatGuns.com. 